The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. That's out of the drum beat, Mitch. You know it's time for the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Live on a Thursday, the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon. What a roller coaster it's been preparing for this particular episode of the podcast. Tuesday morning, I was like, this is going to be one of the angriest podcasts ever. We're going to talk about how Hal Steinbrenner's audit is a sham and a fraud and a fraud it, and I'm going to scream for 45 minutes about how I'm finally done, and this is my breaking point. You know what? All that's still true. It is my breaking point, and if this is the audit, and if they learn nothing, the rumor was it happened on Wednesday. We'll talk through the details of why it's such a uh, formality and a phony move. Um, that, that's still true. I'm still angry at the Yankees. I don't forgive them, and I have to do a lot to get me back on board. I'm skeptical of every potential move on the docket this offseason, short of Juan Soto. Um, I'm certainly plenty angry at the team. I've left them by the wayside. I'm also angry at the New York Giants, who we'll talk about, who have just felt like a continuation of this Yankee season where cosmic stuff is going on and uh, regression beyond regression. And anyway, all that stuff. I I thought we were just going to yell for an hour and a half. We're also going to jump for joy for like a half hour because the Blue Jays are gone. The Nepo baby Toronto Blue Jays flamed out in the most pathetic way possible yesterday from the postseason. Everybody who got mad at us for critiquing them, for getting rid of offense this offseason, needs to give us the loudest apology you have ever given to anyone under any circumstances. Get on a roof and or a bridge, get a megaphone, apologize to us for having the rightest take of the 2023 baseball season. The Tampa Bay Rays season is also over. They lost and were eliminated at home in front of a playoff crowd of 19,000, the smallest in baseball history since 1919. So Rays fans, come on and get your whooping. Blue Jays fans, come on in and get your whooping. You could both hang out for the duration of this show. We'll yell about the Yankees first, then we'll get to all you guys. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, live every Monday, Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern. We're going to be playing with the Cadence this offseason. Don't worry. But for now, we are here Monday, Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern, talking about the New York Yankees, as well as the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays, who combined to score, combined to score, played four games, combined to score in the playoffs, two more runs, than the 2023 New York Yankees. And if you got that right or wrong, you're looking to recoup some losses. Thomas Carinante joins the show and has a special offer for the betters out there. Yes, sir. What's up, everybody? Um, We got Caesars on the horn. They want to hook you up. We want to hook you up. So attention, Uh, Caesars Sportsbook is running a new signup offer that you're really not going to want to miss. Um, if you're a big gambler, or even if you're just a marginal gambler, uh, you can have some fun and have a risk-free Brett, uh, bet. Brett, this a man? Um, New no York risk if you have Brett. None at all. <laughs> the, the Yankees were so much better off when they had Brett playing yeah. right field instead of nobody. So Maybe. risk-free Brett. Okay. Uh, new customers can get their first bet on Caesars up to one thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. Just got to use the code YGY one thousand at sign up. That means if you want to throw down a bet for $1,000, you can do that. And if it loses, you'll get that $1,000 right back. Pretty simple concept. So if you were Blue Jays fans and Rays, if you're in here, if you felt frisky and you were going all in on your team these last couple of days, you would have had a chance to recoup that money. Um, so not only will that first bet be covered, 
even better, vibes-wise, you'll be directly directly supporting this podcast. We have a great time. We love getting out to you guys. We love you guys popping in here and having fun with us. So let's keep that going. It's fun. Uh, if you haven't joined Caesar Sportsbook yet, now is the perfect time to make the move. Just remember to enter that code YGY1000 at sign up and place that first bet. Again, YGY1000. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for full terms of the offer. Um, all right, offers. I will offer Hal Steinbrenner whatever he wants to run a real audit. Does he want us to stop making fun of him on this podcast? Okay, fine. Deal. Done. We were being nice for like a couple weeks. Yeah. I got in like a little verbal altercation with a friend who was <laughs> trying to, you know, write about how the no change was coming for the Yankees because Aaron Boone was coming back and they extended an offer to Sean Casey maybe. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. That is not fair to say because Hal Steinbrenner is doing a thorough audit. They're going to fire Michael Fishman, the analytics head. They're going to fire Eric Cressy. They're going to gut the analytics portion of the front office. It might not be the change you wanted. Brian Cashman's still going to be there, but change is coming. So you're not allowed to sit here and write articles about how, oh, so we're running it back, stuck in the mud. Hey, looks like I got fooled. Uh, not going to do that again. Not going to make that mistake again. Also, my default is to defend the Yankees. I'd rather the Yankees give me something to defend them for rather than just be criticizing them all day and all night. Yeah, that'd be good. I I like holding out hope that they're going to do the right thing eventually. I think I got all my yelling out when I screamed at the deadline last year and the deadline this year about how people were defending the process but couldn't defend the results. It's like, nah, the results are continually terrible. So the process actually sucks too. So uh, Frankie Montez had an injured shoulder. We traded for him and then he was bad and injured. That's not a process. If that's the process, then the process is also bad. I thought I got all my screaming out. Yeah. This then is like, I, yeah. This is like Wells Fargo, like running their uh, their own investigation as to why why were all these fake accounts created? Let's let's do it ourselves. Yeah. CEO still gets a hundred million dollar bonus at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, 10, and then they do it all over again. Ten forty five a.m. on a, a Tuesday was the Andy Martino bomb dropping saying hey i'm actually like really confused about why everybody thinks that the yankees are doing this big external audit like <laughs> i've noticed that people keep using that terminology and and that's not what hal Steinbrenner plans to do um where did that come from what did you guys glean from hal's quote where he said he was going to do an audit that made you think he was going to do an audit oh it's because he said it out loud well anyway according to andy martino quote the yankees are not inviting any outside consultants in to audit their organization they will be paying to view how an outside firm runs analytics, then comparing it to the way they operate in that area. What firm? It is a self-evaluation. Who cares what firm? All the firms I've heard of that do this do a thorough audit themselves. So what was the worst we were worried about before? That the Yankees could get the audit from McKinsey or whatever, and they could be like, thanks, but no thanks. We like what we do. We appreciate it, though. Yeah. It's even worse than that. They're going to get a peek in at some other organization's process, and then they could go, that's scary. What a scary process. I don't want to do that. That would require firing a bunch of people and changing the skeleton of the way that we do things. I don't want to alter our backbone. No, thanks. All good. Um, they're really honestly going to do a self-evaluation at this point. And the article had the gall to be like, they've been looking to do this for several years, but finally got the approval to use the money this year. Oh, you got the approval to use your own money? on this tremendous waste of money when you could have gotten your own approval to use your own money on a real thorough audit instead of just giving, they're basically paying for printed out reports. Yeah. What, what, what are they paying for? He, here's a look at somebody else's processes. This other team has something called an assistant GM in charge of the analytics department. Oh, great. We have that too. Okay. Then we're doing nothing wrong. Cool. Move on. Like there's no way that this is going to give them some groundbreaking insight into what somebody else is doing that they uh, something they left on the cutting room floor they have all the positions they pay people to do this the people they pay aren't good at this that's the issue and now the people they pay are going to be looking at themselves going nah, i like my process thank you though <laughs> yeah this is um it, it's another pr disaster for the yankees right because Whatever information initially got out that suggested there was going to be an audit of the organization. I don't know. It, it, what, did that initially come from Martino? 
I, I'll, I gotta pull up the old house timer because now yeah know. either way it's a it's once again they can ne- they can never communicate anything properly they can't disseminate anything without some sort of obstacle or interruption in the middle of it like how do you go from sending out the messaging that an independent firm is going to audit your practices and then you will make a decision based on their findings to no, it's actually we're figuring all of this out ourselves and someone is not coming in to audit what we do after we've had on top of that a million this is and this is why it's so inconsistent martino saying that is crazy because all of the quotes that we have heard over the last month and a half or so even from aaron judge at the end of the season had largely focused on what are our practices what are we looking at are we sure this is right it's now been four years. A lot of things have been going wrong. We might have to go back to the drawing board and figure out what that is. So everything that was being said over that span aligned with, yeah, we're gonna do an, an we're gonna do an outside audit and we're gonna figure out what's wrong because something here is gravely wrong. And now we've reached the point where we missed the playoffs. It's gotten progressively worse every single season. Um I I guess 2021 to 2022 didn't technically get worse, but I think it was worse for other reasons. Um, And now we're all confused as to why this information was communicated improperly or even got out in the first place. Um, And now it makes the Yankees look like they are going to once again do nothing, which I guess would make sense. I got the original quote. There's basically yeah. no ambiguity here. So for Andy Martino yeah. to go, hey, why did everybody think this is going to happen? It's because this is what was said. Associated Press quote from Hal Steinbrenner. We're going to take a very deep dive into everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring in possibly an outside company to really take a look at the analytics side of what we do. Baseball operations in general. We're going to have some very frank conversations with each other. This year was obviously unacceptable. Then on September 15th, Bob Clappish wrote, the good news is that Steinbrenner has hired that yet unnamed third party for a full audit. So no, that's not what happened. He hired a third party to present data from somebody else's process to him so that he and his team could look at it. So I guess those are the very tough conversations that they plan on having with each other about an unacceptable season. But the third party is not doing the work that the third party should be doing or that we thought they were doing. I also found it hilarious. Uh, Brendan Cuddy did a deep dive uh, with the athletic into the audit. (laughs) It was called what to expect from Yankees audit colon. I'm sure it's going to be extensive. It was published right after the Martino piece. And I'm fairly confident they changed the headline to Yankees internal audit after it went live. Because I saw that in the morning right up against the Martino piece and was like, interesting timing. And then I saw it later with a different uh, headline. So maybe I was just seeing things because I did think that was very funny. But it was humorous to me that those came out at the same time. I'm sure it's going to be extensive, said uh, somebody else. (laughs) said Vince Gennaro, the associate dean of the Preston Robert Tisch Institute for Global Sport at New York University. I mean, that guy said that guy said this isn't unprecedented. The Astros did this with McKinsey, et cetera, and then went on to talk about an external audit. But the piece is called internal audit because I think they found out that that's not what the Yankees were doing. So would be really nice if that had happened. But Vince Gennaro might want to get interviewed again. Come on, Vince. Um, Yeah. Again, no one's going to believe anything until the sweeping changes are made, until um, there are drastic decisions that come down from Steinbrenner because I don't think at this point anybody would look, we're stuck with how Steinbrenner, whether you, I, most people don't like him. That's fine. I I'm fairly indifferent. Um, I don't think any, I don't think any gajillionaire owner is going to, um, is going to win me over in any capacity unless they're a complete spendthrift and use their money for the greater good, which none of them do ever. So, uh, this is life. Life is with Hal Steinbrenner for the foreseeable future. Life is not with anybody else in this organization. So the reason the changes have to come from Hal is because we don't trust any decisions coming from Brian Cashman. If he's empowered to do anything else with the front office. Um, And at the end of the day, what the Steinbrenner say 
that's 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 going to be the final the final order so there needs to be ownership needs to meddle in the affairs this offseason and um we thought this was the first step we thought it was actually a productive step because we did hear from countless insiders over the last few months as all of this drama has kind of crescendoed was that Hal is not directly involved with the baseball operations. He's very hands-off. He's non-confrontational. He's left it all to Brian Cashman to take care of it himself. Um, and he believes that he's the best man for the job. But um, at some point when things continue to get worse and uh, the owner has to go on the airwaves and speak multiple times about the team and their performance, uh, it's clearly you, you've reached a point of no return because that shouldn't really be happening if you're a team as you know renowned as the Yankees with their resources, with with the history, with the talent, um, with the you know the, the the biggest media market in the world. So um, that that that's just where the changes are going to have to come from. And we and we truly thought this was at the very least a pivot in the right direction. And now we're just. We're standing around again. We're Will Smith in the empty room um, with nothing to really look forward to because you bring Aaron Boone back, sure, fine, but more indication that not much is going to change. Now an about face on whatever this audit was, whether it was communicated correctly or not, that's an indictment on their processes because they can't get any information out there accurately or without it being misconstrued or muddled in some way. So yeah, this is upsetting and um, I'd like to be angry, but it's just not surprising. Um, so I don't know how much more angry I can get with this organization. No, it's not even anger anymore. It's just, I'm, I'm done. We, we were out this week trying to, I can't, we can't have reasonable conversations about this team anymore. I can't even objectively analyze free agent fits. We had somebody who was giving us like uh, options like Cody Bellinger. You guys think about Cody Bellinger and, uh, and all my analysis is just like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Rodon didn't work. It's a great call. It didn't work. Um, like Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader didn't work. Sonny Gray didn't work. Montas didn't work. Everybody they pass on that they should have signed didn't work. So like Cody Bellinger, hey, lefty swing, 35-40 homer power. Dad was a Yankee on the 98 Yankees. Uh, I don't, that could work in theory. Quality of contact was low this year. Shouldn't totally matter because he still hit for a ton of power and high average, didn't strike out that much and has the short porch at Yankee Stadium. But quality of contact was low. Strikeouts have been in his bat before. He was non-tendered last offseason, lost it for two seasons with the Dodgers, finally got it back after being available on a one-year flyer deal. Yankees didn't sign him into that one-year flyer deal and now would have to pay for eight years of Cody Bellinger when they have Jason Dominguez, when they have Aaron Judge, when they still have Giancarlo Stanton on the books. Um, yeah, it's not going to work. Could work, but imagine signing him and having it work. Now imagine signing him and having it not work. It's much more likely that the second one happens, right? Yeah, so they, like, they missed the boat. They did it again. I'm, I'm just in that dark place where it's like, you're now you're going to have to show me. And the audit was the one thing having me hold on. Like, all right, well, I mean, the ro roster's a disaster. Rotation's disgusting. The payroll's tied up in a couple of bad players. But at least they're going to fire the chief offenders in the analytics department. And now I'm not even sure if they're going to do that. So if they fire Michael Fishman, then I'm back. But I had to read an athletic piece this week that said Omar, Omar Minaya and Nick Swisher traveled with the team instead of Brian Cashman at the end of the season. And Nick Swisher will be heavily involved in personnel decisions this offseason. And I'm like, great. Sure. Not a GM. No experience being a GM. Uh, why didn't Brian Cashman travel with the team for the last two weeks? What was he up to? Uh, it's just a mess. It's a complete mess. So um, I'd love to defend some moves this offseason. Uh, every single season, though, uh, you get to the playoffs right and who's who's contributing some 2.5 million dollar signing some yeah. you know gregory soto throwing 100 miles and dotting the corners of the zone for the phillies um bryson stott was the best player in last night's phillies game phillies two games swept uh you need superstars yankees have aaron judge phillies have bryce harper but every single season there has not been a playoff team ever where you write the story of the playoffs and it's like wow only the mega stars contributed and the bench did not and the third starter didn't. And like it's every single year, the best players in the postseason, crucial players in postseason games are these 
500k flyers or development success stories and the Yankees don't Yankees need those the Yankees need to flesh out a full roster capable of contributing in the spotlight they don't need to just patch it over with another couple of 200 million dollar guys and call it a day because then at the end of the day it'll be Cody Bellinger went one for three with a two-run shot Aaron Judge went two for three with a big double and the Yankees lost five four because with the bases loaded in two outs they sent up a Jake Bowers type and he struck out and their opponent sent up a Kike Hernandez type and he hit a bases clearing double and I'm sick of reading stuff like that and I'm sick of them not auditing their own processes and I can't get excited uh, and I'm also sick um, I don't know if I'm excited or sick but of seeing Jordan Montgomery deal at Tropicana Field and uh, throw seven shutout in the playoffs on the road against the Rays something Brian Cashman swore he couldn't do he left the Yankees rediscovered his fastball was told to emphasize it did and is now one of the top starting pitchers on the free agent market this offseason but he's not on the free agent market yet because his team is still in the playoffs buzz sawing through the tampa bay rays again on the road at tropicana field where the yankees can't win sonny gray did it to the jays yesterday too we've got plenty of gloating coming up but before we do it we have to talk about the former yankees who are doing the job for everybody else yeah, you know what I was going to say? You know who else is a difference maker in the playoffs? Uh, a former no. Yankee. Anybody who's not a Yankee or was a Yankee and left the Yankees. Um, yeah, this is egregious, and it's funny because once upon a time, we truly thought there was a moment there where the Harrison-Bader trade was a great move. Everyone wanted Harrison-Bader extended, figured you had your center fielder of the foreseeable future. Um, the way that they had built the rotation seemingly made it look like Montgomery – wouldn't have been as valuable as a contributor, but, oh, it just turns out that the Yankees were misusing Jordan Montgomery. Um, he made a, a multitude of comments about it before his playoff start. Then he got the game one start and shut down the Rays, which is, which, hey, funny enough that Brian Cashman had the balls to say that last year when they traded Montgomery, and, like, we may have believed it for a second, Um just because he was underwhelming as a result of whatever the practices the Yankees were instilling in him that weren't helping him maximize his efficiency. And but, in the wrong numbers, like Aaron Judge said. Yeah, yeah. But guess what? He appeared in game four of the ALDS in 2020 with the Yankees' backs against the wall. They were down 2-1, and it wasn't a tremendous start, but he went four. He went – it was four score. He had one unearned run in that start, I think. It was four yep. scoreless. And – it wasn't the most impressive outing, but it was against the Rays, who were one of the best teams in baseball that year, um, who had just kicked the Yankees' asses for two games straight, and him in the bullpen got the job done. It was a gutsy outing. It wasn't anything pretty, but he he did what he was asked to do. He gave the team four innings. That was, in my opinion, with that pitching staff that year, um, was more you could ask for from anybody after uh, Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka. Um, so to say that he was not going to give you postseason innings after he staved off a limit, he was single-handedly responsible for staving off elimination for you in that game, um, by keeping the Yankees in it, because remember they did not score through those for, or they, they either scored one run through the first four innings or scored zero. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, and he, he got out of a couple of jams. He got a number of big strikeouts. And now you're seeing him pitch against the Rays this time on the road with fans in the stands. And the result was probably the best that it possibly could have been. Um, and then you want to talk about another former Yankee, Nathan Eovaldi. Oh, why um, wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I yeah. want to talk about more former Yankees? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the one-two punch for the Rangers right now. Yankees had a very easy opportunity to sign him in the offseason, who has experience in the AL East who has kicked their ass time and time again. Like if there was a playoff, if the Yankees had to just imagine what would have happened if the Yankees had to match up with the play, uh, with the Rangers in the playoffs this year, it would have been a nightmare. They would have gotten shut down by Montgomery. They definitely would have gotten shut down by Nathan Eovaldi. And it would have been, it would have been exponentially worse in terms of the discussion today. I'm happy for those guys. It's nice to see them perform. Am I happy for Eovaldi? I guess maybe. I, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Montgomery I'm legitimately happy for because that was someone who was legitimately disrespected in a number of ways by the comments from Cashman, by the manner in which that trade went down, in which the entire clubhouse was shocked, and it upended the chemistry in one of the – on pace to be one of the most successful seasons in recent – you know, in modern history for the Yankees. So 
Um, and then you throw Sonny Gray into the mix, another guy who was terribly missy. I mean, I know that was, uh, that was a preview. That was Larry Rothschild. So that was a completely different, um, uh, generation of, of coaches, but, um, still again, the theme is, is that the Yankee, there's something wrong with whatever the Yankees processes are and they are unable to maximize talent or they acquire the wrong personalities for, the setting that they're in in New York in the media market that um, that that comes with it with the unforgiving fan base that comes with it so it's it's really just it's this is more a reflection of all of the wrong that continues to compile for the Yankees and there's no excuse for it and something like this Hal Steinbrenner I mean if he's paying attention to baseball at all he's reading any headlines he's going to i mean the new york post is running stuff about this every second we've been doing our due diligence on it for sure because um it's important but you know we're not exactly highlighting eovaldi as a former yankee in our articles or we're not really highlighting that harold chapman went one inning uh two days ago um but that that happened too guy who who lost the 2020 alds against the rays managed to keep it together in game one of the postseason series on the road against the Rays so more indictments on these practices for the Yankees and uh, that should be enough to create an outside independent audit that would hold somebody responsible because what's your what's your excuse what is your excuse for having players come through your doors not be as good as you thought they should be leaving to go elsewhere and then excelling beyond belief in on the biggest stages and then, you know, giving you a good old indirect F you in the process when they're asked about, you know, their, their previous setting with, with the former teams. Um, incredibly frustrating. It's bittersweet because you want to see former players succeed, especially um, ones who are as affable and, um, you know, honestly nice as Jordan Montgomery, but now it's just like, damn dude, if you had Jordan Montgomery this year, that could have been the difference between, you know, seven wins that maybe you're in the playoffs, like uh, with how bad the rotation was and, and how all the injuries affected everything. So again, you go back and you try to insert a new thing into the equation. And if you could just piece together a co- you know, you get rid of a couple of the most egregious losses you've ever seen. And then you could piece together a couple more, you know, victories by having superior talent. And it's a completely different season. And I know it's revisionist history, but it really, it's really not that hard. With a team like the Yankees, it shouldn't be that hard for a team like the Yankees, which is why this this makes everybody so angry. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Montgomery's tough too. You wonder how he was even this good in the Bronx with all this misinformation. Like he was a solid four starter and a solid. good five. Uh, now he's become a, a, a one or a two. I mean, a playoff one. He was a playoff one in this yeah. series. It's probably he's probably, like a two. he's probably a two. Yeah, but two two's not bad. Um, no, two's I mean, great. Made a cat-like diving play. Evaldi's so weird too where like look he shows up in new york it's like we got this undervalued asset the fip is always lower than the era he throws 101 miles an hour but he gives up and it's and he doesn't strike anybody out he gives up an absurd amount of hits you look at his last year in miami it's like a mind bender he's 24 years old 199 and two-thirds innings the most durable he's ever been it's the most innings he's ever thrown in a season a league leading 223 hits 142 strikeouts. He's throwing 100 plus miles an hour. ERA of 437, FIP of 337. So it's no wonder that the Yankees wanted that. But then he goes to New York and they're like, all right, time to figure out how to miss more bats. 
They don't do that at all. The next year, he has the same season, 4.20 ERA. The win-loss, 14-3, and masks it a little bit. But 4.37 to 4.20, 154 innings, 175 hits, still giving up more than a hit per inning pitch, 121 Ks. What's with this guy? Same FIP, 3.42. The next year, he just gets rocked and has Tommy John surgery. Oops. Bummer. And the Yankees never figure it out. So the Nathan Valdi they got is the same one that they had in Miami who gave up one plus hits per innings pitched with this disgusting stuff. Finally, who unlocks it? The Tampa Bay Rays and the Boston Red Sox make use of it. He still gives up hits. Don't get us wrong. Sure. 105 and 111 innings in 2018. 182 and 182 and a third innings in 2021 with Boston when he made the all-star team. Uh, This is the first year he has ever given up fewer hits than innings pitched since 2015. 13 when he's crossed uh, you know well actually you know since he crossed the 111 inning threshold he gave up 105 in 2018 but it's it's basically he's always right on a hit per inning but 117 and 144 this year 132 k's 195 k's 182 and a third innings in 2021 everyone who's had him since the Yankees had him figured out how to get k's and to minimize the hits at least somewhat get it under the innings mark we couldn't figure that out um so that that one's just a painfully obvious one of the Yankees take a, a, a distressed asset from the bereft Marlins whose FIP is way below his ERA. And they're like, Oh my God, we're so lucky. We got our hands on this gold. He's got disgusting natural stuff. And then they figure out absolutely nothing. And then everybody in the Yankees wake is like, we got it. Don't worry. We got the key to the city. And then now Nathan Evaldi is an all-star multi-time all-star world champion owner of the best relief appearance, maybe in the history of major league baseball in that 18 inning Red Sox world series game. Uh, him and Tim Wakefield in the ALCS, rest in peace. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a superstar. He fronts rotation in Texas, and Texas loses John Gray and DeGrom and Scherzer and doesn't skip a beat because they have two former Yankees in their GD rotation. Very infuriating. Um, do we want to gloat, though, now? Do we yeah, want to have, have fun? Yeah, let's enjoy ourselves. Yeah, let's uh, do it. it. It could be fun to have some fun on the back end because – Guys, we will talk trades. Um, don't worry. We're, I mean, we're going to talk trades all offseason. I don't think we have trades for you right now. I mean, Juan Soto is the trade. That's the only one I'm interested in. Uh, we'll, we'll talk Soto proposals. Honestly, I think that you should give whatever. I think you should be willing to literally shake hands and, and give whatever in exchange for Juan Soto. Um, reading up on some Glaber proposals, like people are sending Glaber to the Mariners for relief work. No, but maybe if you can get a starter, perhaps. We will have trade proposals more in depth as time goes on. But how about just use a Soto trade as the guiding principle for the offseason? If they don't do that, they're not getting meaningfully better. That's the one. They have to make a Juan Soto trade, and they have to do it now. Um, we'll, we'll glue. We'll have some fun. Uh, because we've been joined on the couch by our friends, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays, um, who didn't just go out. They went out sad. They went out. They did not represent the AL East to its fullest. They stared danger in the face. Uh, home games for the Rays. Jays playing the Minnesota Twins, who haven't won a playoff game, let alone a playoff series, since 2004. They beat the Yankees one game in the ALDS that year before the Yankees ultimately won the series. Last playoff series win for them was 2002. They mm. take care of the Jays like that. The Rays get taken care of in a similarly paced snap. Uh, which series loss was more satisfying for you? The Rays after Brandon Lau said, you know, we're not worried about the last place team. They aren't playing for anything. We got bigger things to take care of. And then proceeded to take care of no bigger things. Or is it the Jays who honestly, to me, um, I'm tipping my hand a little bit here, but I have been so put off by the entitlement displayed by the Jays organization from the Aaron Judge cheating accusations to Mm -hmm. the wait for the movie to John Schneider crying about the coaches being out of the boxes a little bit, but putting his own coaches outside the boxes. This team dances around like they've already won four consecutive AL East titles and are waiting to break through. They haven't won an AL East title with any of these people in place. Their last AL East title was 2015. No team makes you think they've done more without doing anything than the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, That's my answer, and I'll talk about them more in a second. But for you, is it the Jays or the Rays? It's the Jays. Um, You know, it's they have a they have a teed up opportunity to take down a team who has been completely laughable in the playoffs for two decades, 
and they managed to fumble it even worse. Um, and now they, you look at their, their, their playoff ineptitude. They don't have a win in seven years. They don't have a single playoff win in seven years. I think it is. Um, yep. So, uh, and you go back to last year when they had that collapse against, um, uh the mariners which was as embarrassing as it could get you lose last year at home against a mariners team who was like good but not great and now you lose to the worst division winner in baseball where you know we had blue jays fans red sox fans saying oh man if this was the al central it'd be a different story no i guess it wouldn't have been because you still would have lost no, it wouldn't have been. We saw the story. We It was the ending to the movie. It, did you guys forget to write an ending to the movie before you dropped it? Because I was told that uh, we were about to see. I saw the trailer. Trailer was okay. It involved <laughs> you not winning the AL East and not winning a postseason game. Yeah, it involved, it, um, there was nothing in the trailer. No, trailer. You know those trailers that don't really give away anything? It's just like the next week on Mad Men when it used to be like, shut the door. Like, <laughs> Like that was the trailer. I was like, what is this movie even about? It's just people walking, <laughs> just guys in uniforms. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, it's one of those hilarious movies where a big group of cocky assholes comes up short. Those are <laughs> I like those movies. <laughs> yeah, for the for the, J- the Jays, for me too, it's like the Rays can at least, well, the, the, the one thing about the Rays too is like, you know that most of the players who are there are not going to be there soon enough. They don't keep anybody. The only person they, they, the one I think who they said they signed Blake Snell to an extension. They traded him. They signed Kevin Kiermaier to an extension. They declined his option. Or they love up, their their big yeah. money six year, uh, twenty two yeah. million dollar deal. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the last year is six million, and that's too rich for our blood. Time to yeah. send him to a real team. And then the one the one mega deal they have is going to end up being the worst mega deal in history so um you know that yeah look the rays churn players out it's a bunch of faceless guys um you have obviously some talented ones there i know you have randy rosarena who's become a household name for his performance in the postseason um over the last few years but um they are and they actually have a reason to talk trash to us they beat us um and we were a last place and we, team. yeah and and we were a last place team so like yeah i mean they're a little bit of hardos like kevin cash with his commentary uh back in 2020 um and the continued you know jabs back and forth where there's these teams are throwing at each other it is exhausting but um i think these two teams have more of a history you know dated what was that 2018 for cc when he threw at um uh I forgot who it was. Was the catcher for the Rays he's, after Jesus Sucre? Yeah, yeah, after, uh, yeah. Kittredge went in on low mine. Yeah, five year anniversary was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so there's like a history here. Like for the Jays, they've just kind of been a gnat flying around, and you just you squash it at some point, or you catch it in your hand and then slam it against the table. Um, they've done relatively nothing against the Yankees. They've actually the last two seasons against the Yankees, they've they've lost they've completely lost the season um i know in 2020 they technically like got us a few times but they made the playoffs they ended up losing to the rays fairly quickly um two years ago the yankees ended their oh no last year they ended we won the al east on their turf um two years ago we booted them out of the playoffs so um the amount of the amount of trash talking from them, the amount of, like you said, entitled behavior from them is baffling because they have accomplished nothing. This, for example, you know, it, it's funny enough because like John Schneider, this is the guy. This is the guy that all the players bought into. This is why they fired Charlie Montoyo. This is the guy they bought into in consecutive years. The Yankees beat their ass on their home field and take the AL East and they and they limp into the playoffs and then lose in horrific fashion they get what was that they gave up a seven run lead in that game to the mariners the worst and then, single game playoff loss i've ever yeah, seen that yeah i think historically historically like the worst and then um and then this year you are going up against a team that's i i, I would say probably equally as talented um and you proceed to score no runs your best player ha- is caught in no man's land picked off in a crucial spot with runners on second and third with two outs vladdy gets picked off by sonny gray and carlos correa um 
you score one run over two games. I understand Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray are good, but like you're supposed to have a good offense. I understand that um, you're going you're going up against good pitching and you're on the road, but like it's put up or shut up time. You're going to put forth those two games. Um, and to me, that's like partially a reflection on the manager. Um, think about if that were to if think just think about what would have happened if the Yankees blew a seven run lead in the playoffs last year and then scored one run over the course of two wild card games on the road against an inferior roster this year. And what you would be you as a fan would probably be saying about Aaron Boone and how there's no urgency and how there's no there, there's no true leadership in the dugout outside of, you know, someone like Aaron Judge. It, it would be it, it would be a roast fest for the ages. And obviously we'd be calling out the play too but it's this is more relevant because the blue jays literally dismissed a manager who had success with this team because the players were gravitating more towards john schneider and that's what that's what resulted in the shift um and now you look at it and it's it, it appears to be another botch job and that's why this is even funnier because you talk about the offseason too i'll have you we we criticized the moves that they made we thought they were dumb we thought they were overpaying for you know, talent that they, they didn't necessarily need. And um, yeah, we can, you can go off on Dalton Varsho because I know you want to. Look, I feel bad because it's almost getting like memeified at this point. This is not even about Dalton Varsho, the player. I, I thought he was going to be better than this. Yeah. Uh, uh, better than this. Yeah. He, he ended up being one of the worst hitters in baseball. And uh, a, a reason, honestly, to distrust war because the yes. eye test said, Dalton Varsha was one of the worst regular offensive players in baseball and a good outfielder, not a great outfielder, like a, a, a very good to great outfielder, not the best outfielder in baseball, which is what we said he'd have to be to justify all of this. He made a, a near catastrophic mistake yesterday, throwing to the wrong base in the bottom of the eighth inning, allowing runners to advance to second and third. Nobody cashed him in, but he almost caught you know, he almost deep in the Blue Jays deficit at the very last minute yesterday with a poor IQ play in the outfield. Um, he ended up, you know, 90th percentile in arm value, 40 percentile in arm strength. OAA had him at 97th percentile. So good, very good defense, great defense even, but not 100th percentile, not game breaking necessarily no. and very poor offensive performance. Uh, masked a little bit by the home runs. He did hit 20 home runs this year, but hit 220 with a 285 OBP and a 674 OPS. You know who had similar numbers? Anthony Volpe, who every other major league team is laughing at right now. Well, that's Dalton Varsho. That's the player that the Blue Jays traded their number one prospect and best trade chip for in catcher Gabriel Moreno, mm -hmm. who is currently still in the playoffs even if he wasn't this would still be a valid argument but he homered in game one he did oh yes he did oh my god of the postseason got hit with a backswing yesterday and left game two of the d-back series with a concussion fear we'll see um but he has a playoff homer uh, they also traded lourdes guriel jr to that team arizona in that they gave up both in the var show deal Guriel Jr. made the all-star team this year and is certainly one of the catalysts for this Arizona Diamondbacks team run by Mike Hazen, who was a Red Sox front office candidate and has now been extended in Arizona. He's not going anywhere. Not, more, not anymore. Shrewd move. He had a surplus of outfielders. He said, which one do I trade? Who has the most value but will decrease my chances of competing the least? It's Varsho, he determined. And then he somehow managed to get Guriel in the deal and say, oh my goodness, look at this. I also got an all-star level 25 homer bat uh, as a bonus. Very cool for me. Yeah, I'll make that trade. The Blue Jays said we're going all in on pitching and defense, and we want to get something for Gurriel before he leaves as a free agent. We want to get something for Teoscar Hernandez before he leaves as a free agent. You know what you could have gotten if you just kept them? A World Series ring, potentially. Like, of all the modern baseball things I hate, it's teams like the Blue Jays that go all in. They get this superstar rotation. They spend money on Chris Bassett this offseason. They spent prospect capital and money on Jose Barrios. They spent money on Ryu. They had Alec Manoa, who they thought was an ace and wasn't. They spent money on Kevin Gossman. They've got this studly rotation. It's one of the best in baseball. 
clearly they're all in, right? Like if you're ever going to go all in, it's a year where you've done that and you've got all these offensive pieces, the Nepo babies, Vlad, Bobachet, Kevin Biggio. Um, you're signing veterans like Brandon Belt. Okay, sure, fine. But then you say, uh, all right, Hernandez and Guriel, too good. They're, they're too good on offense. Uh, we require defense, but most importantly, we just want to make sure that we don't, you know, we don't lose them for nothing. So we're going to trade them now while they use their best trade chip and an all-star for a player with an OPS in the 600s who made a mental error in the field in the bottom of the eighth and then struck out to end the game yesterday. There's no more, there's no greater victory for us in doing a victory lap than to watch Varsha make the final out of that series. And again, it's not about Varsha. It's about maximizing your assets, trading them for the right pieces, and not sacrificing your singular advantage if you have it. If the 2009 Yankees said, we're so good on offense that we can afford to trade Johnny Damon for a four-starter, they wouldn't have won the World Series. They would be laughed at. It's like, we can, we can roll with Melky and Brett Gardner. They can start every day. We could trade Damon and Matsui. The offense is too good, if anything. Any team that thinks that one part of their team is too good, it's another, it's another example of that pretension. The Blue Jays were like, we have built an elite offense. It's, in fact, too overloaded. We can trade from our strength and try to, you know, revamp the team around pitching and defense. Instead, it resulted in half measures and a very poor offensive season for Dalton Varsho, who hundreds of Blue Jays fans assured us uh, his poor advanced metrics and exit velocity did not matter because he had a lot of bunt singles. That was bullshit. Um, and that his great defense would outweigh any of the offensive non-contributions. That ended up not being true because they scored one run in a two-game playoff loss. They, they literally said, we have too much offense. We're going to decrease it. Oh, wait, we lost a playoff series because we couldn't hit at all. And uh, that's a pretty ironic ending to the movie, all things considered. Yep, and for the Rays, like said it in the beginning of the year that offense was never going to sustain i understand they lost some people and they had the tough uh injuries to jeffrey springs and shane mcclanahan but sick of hearing about tyler glass now he's got to be the most underwhelming ace out there just rarely ever impresses in terms of you know what you're expecting out of a number one um i feel like he's just he's good for five innings and three earned runs when you need him most um yeah. He walked five batters the other day. I, I mean, just it, it's just not like not good. Um, and then the rest of this lineup like eventually came back down to earth. Randy Rosarena finishing the season with a 789 OPS. Brandon Lau started off as hot as you could possibly start, 771 OPS. Um, really, um, Josh Lowe and Yandy Diaz were able to sustain, you know, th th that really good play, but um otherwise it's more of the same with the rays it's it's a machine that outperforms in the beginning of the season because they kind of go and it's a it's it's the yankees fault as aaron judge said they don't treat april with urgency teams like the rays who come firing out of the gates they don't worry about people's rest um they don't worry about managing workloads and they just go for it like that ended up being the difference that that 13 and 0 start they were they ended up being what 17 games better than the Yankees. So like if, if, if any of that is, is at least, you know, if there's some sort of gap, if the, if the gap there is bridged in any way, it's a lot closer race than it should be. And the Rays gradually flamed out the offense ended up being a problem towards the end of the year um, because they weren't hitting the ball as well as they were. Um, and you knew that that was going to be an issue for the postseason because yes, while pitching is important, the only thing that's going to, the only thing that's going to get truly get you by is putting pressure on the opposing pitching. Um, and you thought they'd be able to do that with Jordan Montgomery, a familiar face they have seen plenty of times before in Game One, and they couldn't have failed even they couldn't have failed worse. Um, and uh, props to those fans too. Like, yeah, talk shit on the Yankees. It's funny. It's hilarious. But both of you ended up really extending your season two more days and you scored two more runs so good work enjoy the couch with us because you know you'd be we'd be you'd be saying the same thing if we got into the wild card round lost or even if we got to the ald even if we got to the alcs and got swept out because we remember all the the trash talk from last year 
because the high expectations in New York or World Series or bust, we put that upon ourselves. And now that's kind of what it is in the public sphere whenever we don't actually, you know, succeed. Um, you guys making a run to the ALCS would have been, you know, something of note. Us doing that is more customary. Um, but yeah, even for you guys going out the way you did in the wild card round is embarrassing. And honestly, I would have rather it ended my season two days prior and been able to go home and enjoy myself without seeing any more of that misery. Yeah. Big wins for Rob Manfred's wild card round too. four sweeps. So <laughs> do we really uh, not miss the wild card game? The one game single elimination. No, I do of- miss it, but I just don't think it's fair. No, it's not, but yeah. it was like way more fun. Yeah, it was way more fun. Um, and so now we're chilling till Saturday. No more playoff baseball. Sadly, we have to think about football. Um, we're not going to do another 45 minutes on the Jays and Rays that we probably could, uh, spot for you reserved on the couch, fellas. Uh, you want to rant about the New York giants. I, I really like, don't want to think about society in general right now, but, uh, I had hoped for this season. I did. It was <laughs> immediate. It was immediately obvious that the league figured out Daniel Jones's quick game and, and the offense that they'd simplified for him. Um, I didn't see it. I thought he had taken a step forward last year. I disagreed that he didn't throw downfield enough. He was genuinely electric in the Vikings playoff game. And uh, the Eagles tore him to pieces, and now the NFL has followed suit. So it it does feel like, though, to see everything go down in flames like this feels very Yankees-esque. And as somebody who also roots for the North Carolina basketball program, last year I had a team in the finals that beat Duke and brought the same roster back we had the Yankees who were on a 1998 Yankees pace. And we had the Giants who schemed under a new coach and GM and figured out how to get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. Next year, that same Carolina roster didn't make the NCAA tournament. The same roster, same coach, same everything. No big injuries. Just were worse. The Yankees <laughs> were worse. Just much, much worse. Aaron Judge's injury obviously affected that, but they weren't good before that either. And the New York Giants, again, year over year, this team won a playoff game. Their two coordinators were being interviewed for head coaching jobs, and now they're in the number one overall pick zone. It's the third straight sports season I've had that has felt exactly like this. So please take the mantle. Yeah, it's it's just more and more upsetting and it's it's the dna of new york sports right now and it's there there's no getting like look at the even when the giants like try to do something right like you think evan neal is the right pick it's an alabama product you know you're probably getting somebody who is at the very least going to be a competent starter might not blow expectations out of the water as you know a top seven pick but good school uh i he i think he was at img academy in florida which is essentially like the 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 smallest step below college you could possibly get the competition level is 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 as high as it can possibly be and then he gets here he has a bad year one but it looks like he's improving and then year two comes and he looks worse than ever Mm -hmm. um and now he's saying insulting things to the fans now he has to apologize for it over and over again so like the bigger story here is like the yankees whiffed on another alabama pick they did it with landon collins too um after that didn't work out for them whether they didn't scheme him properly or they um just misread the the talent and the fit but it's ridiculous that it's it's even reached that point um the uh the Giants knew last year's Giants knew we knew that they had a, a patchwork offensive line at best. They got better as the season went on, um, but it still wasn't impressive. You know that you knew the depth was bad, and what they do, they came into this season with pretty much they they, they drafted um, uh, John. What is it, John Michael Schmitz? Yeah, um, who got injured and, trying yeah. to push a man's butt across the first yeah. marker the other day. Um, and then it's just like the Yankees. You have one injury, one injury, and everything falls apart. They, they they have one injury in the offensive line. They have to switch some personnel around, and then you start seeing the depth and how bad it is, and everything collapses. Um, the, the expectations, too, are just like, you know, the Giants should be better than they are, but, like, it's embarrassing for us to get hyped over 
you know, what what was it last year? A nine and eight season. Ten and ten and seven. I, I they think. went ten and seven. Not, they went nine, seven, and one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they tied the commanders and yeah. then that weird, awful game. Uh, and like that was nice. And, and we thought that was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and it's it's just frustrating because everything should be look again not expecting world series and super bowls but um everything in the spotlight is as embarrassing as it can get like evan neal saying this is now this is all that's going to be clipped for the next week this is all the giants like instead of focusing on the dolphins who are going to beat the ever-loving piss out of them this week the entire locker room is now focused on evan neal having to apologize now for a full day they're going to be focused on don lagreca's rant about the Evan Neal comments, they're going to be focused on every uh, Daniel Jones's face because he looks like he was born yesterday. On you know, after some plays, they're going to be focused on Brian Dable throwing the tablet or him acting like a petulant child on the sideline when things don't go his way. So um, it's it, it's it, it's very the, the parallels with the Yankees are just insane because like you know the Yankees lose a game nobody has answers I know the Yankee you know you had Aaron Hicks on game three of this season complaining about his role which mm-hmm. just should again should never happen shouldn't happen with any team right like talk to me about your team uh Angels fans I know it's frustrating but like th- this type of behavior shouldn't be shouldn't fly anywhere it 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 should not be part of the uh the distraction that's completely upending the formula and that's what's happened for new york and new york teams need to know better because this is where everything is magnified this is where all the haters get their ammo from because it's so easy to put these things in the spotlight and make them a laughing stock and time and time again i don't know if it's the wrong personalities being acquired or the wrong talents being acquired or the wrong people running the show whether it's on the field or in the front office, but the parallels here are just disturbing. Um, you know, you have the Knicks who have been the poster child of ineptitude since, you know, the mid seventies and nothing's changed there. Um, the giants have had the most success out of any New York team. Um, and even, even then, like they regular season performance for the giants year over year is just not good. The one year that they were supposed to be good, Plax, the one year that they were like an actual juggernaut, Plaxico Burris shoots himself. Laughing stock story. They finish the season on a bad note and then they get walloped in the playoffs. Like, what is this city doing? Who are who who are the decision makers bringing in these people who are completely ruining the energy, the vibe and um, the overall goal? Because clearly these people are not focused um in any capacity on you know team oriented goals it's all more so individual like evan neal calling out the fans like if you're taking booze personally that just means you're a child the 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 fans are booing the collective they are booing the performance you have two primetime games at home one you lose 40 to nothing the other one you are you're you're in it when you shouldn't be because your defense is actually keeping you keeping you afloat and it's effort-based plays it's um it's poor decision making and that's why people are frustrated and i think i think the rants are certainly justified people pay a lot of money to go to these games and they're allowed to boo do we endorse booing all the time no but in you know in my opinion the giants should be booed you have they played two good quarters this year we are heading into week five they are one in three. They're coming off. Of, and, and this is where the gauntlet of the schedule, you know, so obviously after the Bills and Dolphins, it, it gets a little bit easier. But you needed you needed to be at least two and two to have a chance at this season being anything of a remote success, whether it was limping into the playoffs or just being competitive to the end. And now everything you're seeing is Giants are the worst team in the NFL. Are the Giants going to have a top pick? Are they going to be able to? Are they going to be able to get Caleb Williams? Um, Biscuit knows he's new to the world, and I'm sure he already he, he understands all the uh, all the issues with New York sports. It's very easy to absorb at this point. So the parallels are sad. It shouldn't be this way, and I don't know what needs to happen, but it 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 needs to change, and it needs to change fast because now we're going on a very because the Giants' last Super Bowl victory was 2011. So now we're talking 12 years ago where it was the last relevant thing that happened. Um, and since then they've had two playoff appearances 
and they've won one game. And the two losses were complete, complete embarrassments. So, um, yeah, I said on Twitter, an exorcism is all that's left because I don't know what else you do to solve this. I, I really don't. But it couldn't be it couldn't be a worse time to be a New York sports fan. And I've only been alive on this earth for 33 years, but I don't know what other worst time there was. I don't, I don't know. Cause sports have sports have completely engulfed like what we do as a society. It's like the primary form of entertainment almost. And media, social media has put everything in the spotlight. So in the stakes are so much higher when everything is magnified and the, the embarrassment, the embarrassment level is just, it's unacceptable. Um, and it's truly a shameful time to be a New York sports fan. Yeah. I, I believe in the Knicks roster. That's how I know I'm like deranged mm-hmm. at this point. Um, yeah. They're all that we have left. I, I believe th- I didn't think the giants were going to win the super bowl this year. No, I thought they'd regress a little bit. Thought they could be a seven or eight win team. Uh, they're a complete disaster. At least the Yankees didn't fall off a cliff. Uh, the Giants appear to have fallen off a cliff, and yep, we're uh, we're in trouble. The, the New York Giants have been good for two years during our lives, and those were not the years in which the Giants won the Super Bowl. They weren't good in either of those years. We've never watched them be good beginning to end for a full season because they choked in the playoffs those two years when they were actually good. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll keep watching the New York Giants. This is Biscuit. Um, hmm. it has to be watched over right now. Um, so this is my first ever podcast with Biscuit on the lap. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, he's uh, so far so bad for him in New York sports. <laughs> but the tide, the tide will change. I, I have faith in Biscuit, and I have faith in New York eventually uh, learning what you have to do to compete in professional sports and turning it around. But maybe not. Uh, that is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as here, Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern. We will be bringing you all the commentary that we have as the offseason drags on. Hopefully, we do get to talk trade proposals soon. We'll prep our three best. Maybe we'll come up with some surprise trade proposals. I think, guys, in the comment section, we thank you for commenting. Trade proposals are going to dominate the next several months of conversation. So we'll drop a couple. Uh, We'll assess per episode if you want to bring us some too in the comments leave them on uh, the youtube channel leave them in the podcast platform comments in a review we will address them i think that's a good idea you guys want to be uh you guys want to call us up the closest we can get is a mailbag right now uh, although we'll explore the tech but if you drop us mailbag questions give us trade proposals we'll review them we'll talk through why we think they would or wouldn't work and then at the end we'll say if we like it yeah but brian cashman wouldn't do that <laughs> process. Uh, you can snail mail us comments too if you want uh now please don't just drop them online uh, if you can find a way to do that Tweet twitter baby yeah find us on x uh i'm adam weiner you can find me on twitter or x at adam weiner thomas carinante where can the people find you i'm at tommy's underscore takes we are both at the official yanks go yard twitter account it's at yanks go yard fs another great time um please head on over to yanks i know we missed um our discussion on trades today because the playoff landscape shifted the discussion we will have a trades article or players who we think will be traded um in the next couple of days um we have a ton of offseason stuff coming up um we have a ton of reactionary stuff coming up a ton of playoff adjacent stuff that we're already in the weeds with um there's going to be a lot happening over this next month i think the last what's the last date for the world series november 1st or 2nd so the off season begins four days after that right yeah five days after that or something so yeah we're already in it we got to prepare crucial time to be information gathering for what's going to happen in a month um we're here to deliver you all the news and all the insight as best we can um appreciate you guys coming in here participating today uh reading our work uh we love it um and yeah have a good weekend enjoy playoff baseball enjoy some football as best you can um it's not again not a great time for new york sports but um i guess we have the luxury of sitting on our couch um uninterrupted and watching whatever we want to watch that's a pretty good life um yankees will not be playing um i guess who are you rooting for in these playoffs i'm wearing my philly cheesesteak hat today because i'm rooting for the phillies yeah it's not Um, even close for me it's 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 phillies orioles who are the two teams that i think have the best home field advantages in the entire sport yeah um for those of you uh asking by the way monday show no we're going to be doing it on tuesday Tuesday. we're doing a thursday show as well uh but yeah for me it's i want to see the phillies get to the finish line last year's phillies team should have been special uh they were until they ran out of gas up 2-1 in the world series it was weird 
mm-hmm. they had the vibes and then they didn't. Chaz McCormick stole them back. Uh, they're unfinished business for me right now. If they don't win the World Series, I'll be like, just keep rolling it over. Like eventually a team like this has to get one because mm-hmm. then it feels like the story just didn't end right. This group of Phillies needs a World Series. So they are my primary rooting goal. I want the, the Orioles to carve through the AL. I want to roll this Chapman out as soon as possible. But whatever it takes to get the Astros out, I'll be rooting for that as well. Yeah, um, I think we can all agree in a line there. The two most uh, – two uh, public en- – the, the uh, immediate public enemies are out. Because I don't view the Orioles as an enemy. They're fine. Rays and, Rays and Jays, you're gone. We have to wait another series for the Astros. I actually do like the Twins in that series. I don't know why. I just kind of do. Um, I do too. Joe Ryan didn't even go. Joe Ryan didn't even go yet. He's I know. Maybe the Twins starter I like the most. Yeah, I like the vibes there. That's their first playoff win and two de- uh, playoff series win in two decades. Like Carlos Correa against the Astros. You got a good narrative there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You never know. You, you never know what can happen in these playoffs. Um, we're just hoping that we can at least get one thing go our way if the Yankees are not going to be in it. So again, enjoy the weekend code for Caesar Sportsbook YGY 1000. If you want to throw down a fat bet up to $1,000 is insured on your first bet. Do not forget it. There's so much stuff to wager on right now. You're not going to want to miss it. And until then, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Enjoy. Yep. This is the loudest biscuit has ever heard me speak. He unsubscribed from the podcast. But yes, he is the official dog at a show, as is Thomas's dog. Lucy, you'll see both dogs as the show goes on. We'll see you guys next week. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.